is the Ken Pittman Show on 1420 WPSM. Oh, 0500, that's how you get on the Ken Pittman show and pretty much all the shows here on WBSM. Uh, well, yeah, Carl Weathers, um, 76 years of age. Boy, he just didn't look it. He aged a lot better than Sylvester Stallone, I think. You know, Sylvester's had a lot of work done, but he, I think he's been... It's been qu- quite evident that his... Uh, he's, you know, his life of full contact, um, hardcore training, I don't know, whatever it is, uh, he just looks, despite the plastic surgery, he looks that age. But Carl Weathers, I thought, aged much more gracefully. Uh, one, of the, one of the great reasons, one of the big reasons Rocky was successful was what he was facing as a challenge. And... Any movie, what you know, Star Wars, Darth Vader, whatever, you have to have a, a challenge that's almost unimaginable to conquer. And Apollo Creed, which Colin Weathers really understood that character. He, you know, they, the casting director really nailed it. He, he was, there was nobody that was going to do that that role better than him. You know, he brought the intelligence, the swagger. The athleticism, the build, everything about him was imposing for the character Rocky, for anybody. But he was just a, a brilliant character and built for that role. You know, he just meant for a role like that. I thought it, he was deserving of a lot more work, to be honest with you, because I thought he did an exceptional job as an actor. I had not seen him before that. And I'm glad Sylvester Stallone took the time to make a video uh, for the public um, to relay how how vital it was to have Carl Weathers in the Rocky series. And um, I don't know that there's been a movie. Hmm, how should I put this? Because I think the movie was great. But I think the, the soundtrack was as or almost as responsible for the success. The, the movie soundtrack was just incredible and how many people have it in their workout playlist on their iPods or on their iPhones 
But uh, Colin Weathers is no more. He's passed along. And um, just barely longer than his mom. His mom died only, um, it'll be two years in April at 93. You can see where he was aging so gracefully. Um, but again, I think he's one of these underrated actors. I, I loved him in uh, Predator. Is that just a dude's movie? I don't know. It seems like only guys like that movie Predator. I loved it. Get to the chopper. Um, and of course, he was the star of Action Jackson. And he was in Happy Gilmore as the, the golfing mentor, <laughs> which was a silly role. But if you're going to be in an Adam Sandler movie, you, you understand you're in a silly role. I mean, even Al Pacino. I don't think anybody besides my family liked Jack and Jill. I, I thought it was hilarious, Jack, with uh, Al Pacino and Adam Sandler. But, um, yeah, I just thought Carl Weathers, maybe it was his choice. Maybe he got all kinds of offers that he just turned down. I don't know. He certainly made a lot of money on the Rocky movies. Well, I don't think any of them made a ton of money besides Sylvester Stallone on the first one. But uh, after that, you know, it was gangbusters. I mean... Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator 1, the first Terminator, I think he made $75,000. And then it went up to a few million to a few tens of millions by the time he was done. It's fantastic. But anyway, so Kyle Weathers um, has passed away. And they say it comes in threes. I don't always think that. Anyway, um, 508-996-0500. We have a big question mark above the 2024 New England Patriots uh, whose untested, confident young coach, Gerard Mayo, I think he's the youngest in the NFL now, at 37, head coach. Uh, Alex Van Pelt will be the offensive coordinator. They, they claim they're not getting a GM until the draft is over which is mind-boggling. Um, I don't know what to expect. I, I just hope the consensus predictions on the mock drafts are wrong. I don't want to end up with the third-best quarterback because that doesn't even mean he's going to end up being the third-best quarterback. He's being rated the third-best. I don't, I don't agree with that anyway. But they're going to be in a division with good quarterbacks, right? You got Tua, you got um, Aaron Rodgers coming back, you've got Josh Allen. You better have somebody there. New England is thought to be among the leaders contending for the services of quarterback Kirk Cousins, who left the Minnesota Vikings midseason with a, a big injury. He should be back and fine by then, but. That's that's up in the air. Are they going to need somebody to come in and, and teach the whoever it is? The only one in this draft that could step in today, well, there's two. I think there's two that could actually perform coming out of the preseason. And I think that it would only be um, Caleb Williams from USC and Bo Nix from Oregon. 
I think the others might be possibly very good players, but I think they're going to need to develop behind somebody. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. I talked a lot about uh, the Biden problems with the border. Uh, we're seeing the chaos on the streets of New York and elsewhere with the behavior of illegal immigrants who are pretty much just laughing at us. Um, you know, it is, it is a joke uh, what we're doing. We're just accepting this mass invasion and handing them everything they'd want and more. They go to New York City, they, they put in the best hotels. <laughs> you know, they, they didn't, I doubt they expected that. Um, there's a talk of bringing in a, a couple of cruise ships to house them there on the taxpayers. Now, a family of four will get $1,000 a month from the city of New York on a debit card every month. Biden says he can't do any more to secure the border. It's ridiculous. And Representative Ashley Henson, a Republican from Iowa, points it out. She sent a letter to President Joe Biden Friday and said, In February of 21, your administration signaled an end to enforcing, quote, remain in Mexico, unquote, policy, and selectively stopped enforcing some Title 42 expulsions. Following month, U.S. Customs and Border Protection reported a then-record increase of over 70,000 illegal encounters at the border. Months after this initial, initial surge, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas stated that the fact an individual is a removable non-citizen will not alone be the basis of an enforcement action against them. The deliberate combination of open border rhetoric and refusal to enforce immigration law exasperated the border crisis, ceded operational control of our southern border to cartels and illegal immigrants, and invited the full-scale invasion we are currently experiencing. Her letter to the White House continued. In April of 22, you again attempted to end Title 42. After this announcement, there were 241,136 illegal immigrant encounters reported in just May of 2022 alone. Another year later, and after over 2.5 million more encounters, including dozens of known and suspe suspected terrorists and hundreds of violent criminals, the administration announced 11 plans to allow Title 42 to expire and while offering expanded 12 unlawful parole programs for illegal immigrants facilitated by the CBP on one of them. In the letter, they noted that uh, she noted that Biden could take executive action to undo his open border policies. Speaker Mike Johnson wrote to you in December of 23, urging you to take executive action to secure the southern border. House Republicans have passed H.R. 2 legislation that would help stop the flow of illegal immigrant immigration and protect our communities. Your actions alone created this catastrophe and you have the power to fix it. You can choose to direct your administration to vigorously enforce the laws on the books today, thereby stemming the tide of illegal immigration and protecting our communities. Or you can choose to perpetuate the national security and humanitarian crisis through your unequivocal failure of leadership for the American people. And she ends with this. 
For three years, President Biden has pretended the crisis at the southern border doesn't exist while unraveling Trump-era policies that actually used uh, secured the border. Now that it's an election year, he knows the horrific border crisis is a massive liability. But let's be clear. The responsibility for this humanitarian and national security disaster lies solely with Joe Biden. Hinson explained in a statement to Breitbart, if he really cares about securing the border, he would undo the 60-plus executive actions he has unilaterally taken to have dramatically expanded catch and release, limited deportations, and allowed illegal immigrants to exploit asylum. I mean, really not ones to talk about it up here in Massachusetts. Our governor, Maura Healy, when she was the attorney general, actually went to Central America to teach people how to claim refugee status, whether they were legitimate claims or not. And it is deeply affecting the standard of living here in this country. Do you remember Joe Biden wanted to stop them from leaving Texas? <laughs> He's getting so much grief from Democratic leaders like Mayor Adams and um, out in Chicago and, uh, you know, these sanctuary cities getting overwhelmed. He was going to come up with some sort of executive order that would force Texas to keep them. <laughs> um, that that would have been real fun to watch because what's your position if, if you're going to c contain them in one state catch and release but you can't leave Texas it's a Republican state for the most part let them suffer Rudderless leadership. Rudderless. At best, because if this is not an accident, it's by design, it's trying to hurt the country. Can all these things, all these things that are happening negatively affecting the country, can they all be an accident? Tough to imagine. 508-996-0500. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Ken Pittman Show. We get Ryan Dixon coming in uh, from truck driving school. And um, we'll have a little fun with Ryan to talk about this uh, upcoming Super Bowl right after this. Pittman Show on 1420 WBSM. And do you, do the legal team, uh, do they, the unsealing of the document, do you support that? Does he support that? All right, we're back. Ryan Dixon, how are you, buddy? Good, Ken. How are you? You're in truck driving school? Yes. It, uh, this... This was my first uh, first week after taking a little bit of time off last year from it because you know you know the summers for 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 my the beach. for my job we're busy 
Yeah. I'm I go in like I like I was telling you um a year ago, mm-hmm. I go into work at 6 p.m. especially in the summertime. I'm not leaving work till like 4:30, 5:30 in the morning. I'm exhausted during the summer. What time so, what time's your your uh, classes for truck driving? Right um when I went when I went the first time a year ago, it was from 9 to quarter of 12. I mean quarter of 1. And now it's from 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. How many wheels are we talking about on the truck? Uh, it's a tractor trailer, Ken. So? I could I could underestimate how many wheels, so I'm not trying to give you that answer right now. 23? Probably close to 18, probably. Now, but how many, when you're done, though, with the class, how many are still on the truck? <laughs> oh, that's going to be... That's, that's going to be a tough one, Ken. I bet it is. It's uh, uh, The classes are 12. I'm just teasing. You're going to do fine. You're the classes are 12 weeks. Yep. It's four four weeks classroom part and mm-hmm. then eight weeks on the road. Mm-hmm. But I get three road, uh, three road lessons for free. Okay. That was part of my contract. And then whatever lessons I need is $180. That, okay. That I have to pay for. All right. But it's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. Well, you, you've been making more money with that. It's, it's hard to be unemployed if you have that license. Yeah, because a lot of companies need truck drivers. Yep. It's true. 508-996-0500. Uh, Ryan's here. And um, your your impression with the, the two uh, conference championship games as we look forward. First of all, any surprises? I think you picked Baltimore, right? Yes, I did pick Baltimore Canada, and you know what? They did a lot of mistakes. More people chose Baltimore over Kansas City. The biggest mistake of that game was Zay Flowers fumbling at the one. Well, and then he, I mean, he had the worst three minutes in football, right? Because he had that um, taunting the, the defender. Ta- taunting the, the defender. Then Do- he- dove into the end zone, lost the ball, gave the ball back to Kansas City. He had a terrible three minutes, and he was having a good game. <laughs> yeah, he was. So, uh... But that wasn't the only reason they lost. Uh, you know, um, Mahomes just had a great game too. Uh, can't you? You can't count out Mahomes now. Now that he's actually won two playoff games on the road. No, there's no. And, and even though they could have a better wide receiving staff, right? A core on that team. There, there's no team in the NFL where you would say I'm confident they're going to be Kansas City today. It's kind of like how the Patriots were, you know. You, you, they had a, you know, they were they were going to have a solid chance to beat anybody, and I think Kansas City is the same thing applies. Even a good team like San Francisco, again, I think they have a better roster. Hard to discount the greatness of Mahomes, but I think San Francisco has a good enough roster with enough um, solutions. They have so many people that you have to worry about. I think I'd rather be in their position than the Kansas City Chiefs when we go to Super Bowl Sunday on the eleventh. Ken, didn't didn't Kansas City lose lose somebody on? Yeah, their defensive end who's uh, having a, a very good uh, year, and especially in the playoffs, he's very effective. Uh, he'll not he, he won't be available. He tore his ACL, right? Yep. So so he he he's the defensive end on the other side of who? Chris Jones. So they'll be they'll be down um, a key player, and um, you have to you have to think that's. Going to be great news for for Brock Purdy. Um, 
But it's it's really going to be about not making mistakes in that game. Brock Purdy, the last player taken in the 2020 draft, 242nd player in the seventh round, will be opposite the quarterback, the quarterback who is a generational kind of talent. Was, it, what, was he was he the last pick in 2020, Ken? Yeah, because this is his second year. Uh, it wouldn't be 20. Oh, was it was it 22? Okay, I thought he came out the same. Oh no, I'm, he didn't come out the same year as Mac Jones. He came he came out the same year as um. Uh, the guy, the running back for Kansas City, Ken, because the guy for Kansas City was drafted 11, 11 spots before Brock Purdy. Yeah. Isaiah uh, Pacheco. Well, Pacheco. Where did he run anyway? I don't even know where he played college ball, Pacheco. I don't know where he played college football either. Amenahu will be back uh, next year, but he's not going to be available in the Super Bowl. Uh, one of the One of the better, I think he had seven sacks this year, and he was a force, though. He was yeah, creating he was- a lot of pressure. He's a rookie for Kansas City, too. Um, yeah. It's a weird last name. Don't even ask me to... Omenahu. Was it Omenahu? <laughs> what? Was it him? Yeah. Charles Omenahu. So, yeah, so you lose him on the other side of that defensive front, front four. Yeah. But... Um, I'm more concerned about them being able to score with San Francisco. I think San Francisco. Uh, you're right, though. Uh, Purdy was 22. I thought he was thought he was 20th, but he was the 242nd last player taken in the draft. But if Ken, but if you look at San Francisco, ah, San Francisco's game last week, they got lucky. That ball, that ball that went off. Detroit. I, I think they Defenders got luck. face mask. I think they took a little luck to get past Green Bay. They they, they won that game very late. Yeah, because uh, Samuel was out for that game, wasn't he? It didn't look good for most of that game for them. No, not right? against Detroit. Um, and, and they got and then so, but Green Bay almost beat them, right? Yeah, they would. They were down in the. They were down at halftime against Green Bay too. They look good. Green uh, Green Bay looked very good. I think they'll be a force. Uh, coming up, if 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 they keep that nucleus, it looks like they're on the right track. But um, it, just a, just the contrast, though. Um, I had the wrong year, but Brock Purdy, um, Mister Irrelevant, right? Well, the last twenty twenty two. Yeah, going up against the first round tenth player, I think taken when when he was taken in twelve. Uh, was it twelve? When did when did uh, Mahomes get drafted? Ken, this is <laughs> this is Patrick Mahomes' sixth. Uh, Seven. I mean, he he's been the five or six. Yeah, he's, he's twenty. Cha- he's twenty-eight. Championship, uh conference championship games, Ken. Yeah, he was drafted in seven, seventeen. So he's only twenty-eight. He's only get, but he's only get another three or four years where his legs will perform like they do, and then there'll be a decline. It's just a, it's just a way of life. But he's got to do some damage, even even while he goes into that decline, because he's he's a combination. Cerebral player and physical player. He's got an unbelievable arm. Um, he, he runs at the right times. He has a great understanding. He's, I mean, he's right in that conversation with with Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Joe Montana. He's got that sort of hubris. So, uh, you know, right now this is now how many Super Bowls have they gone to? Uh, five in the last six or four? Yeah. In the last, I mean, it's I think crazy. It was, I think it was either four or five in the last six. Yeah. Sixth straight AFC 
championship game. So he's putting up Brady kind of numbers and, and success. And yeah, Kelsey can make a big claim to a lot of that, but it's they go nowhere without Mahomes because he didn't go to the Super Bowl last year, did he? He got beat by Cincinnati. No, that was two years ago. And then, oh yeah, that was two years ago. Isn't, and then, Kansas, isn't Kansas City the reigning champs? Yeah, because they beat uh, they beat Buffalo last year. Yeah, but in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they are the defending Super Bowl yeah. champs right now. Yeah. So, do you give do you give the edge to Kansas City, Ken? Because they're the defending ones. Yeah. San, no, no. The, you and have to, San Fran hasn't no, been no, there. No, I, I get that. But, I mean, I would still favor slightly, very slightly, I'd favor San Francisco because the lack of quality wide receivers on that team. Now, they have an emerging rookie. Was it Rice? Yeah, he he looked, he looked actually pretty good last week. No, he's, he's definitely making some strides. Um, you know, a little disappointed in um, the, last year's first-round draft choice. Uh, not Kadarius Tony. Um, he's been a mess since the Super yeah. Bowl. But yeah, I think. And now that now that everything's coming out that he think uh, Kansas City's lying about injuries and all that personal stuff with uh, Tony. What do you mean? You did you you didn't you haven't seen the stories coming out that Tony's been uh, Tony's been posting. On social media, saying Kansas City's lying because he was inactive last week, and he's not hurt. And, and he, he, really, and, he's burning the bridge. And Kansas City said they were uh, he was he was out with a hip injury and in personal reasons. Sky Moore is the guy I was t- I was talking about. Kadarius Tony had a couple of big plays in the playoff run last year. I think the AFC Championship came in the Super Bowl, but he's he's had tremendous. Volumes of big drops, making dumb plays, and uh, the, I'm not surprised he's not on the squad. The, the biggest dumb play was uh, the offside, because they would have had they would have had home field advantage if he was onside. Ken. Yep. So, uh, Rasheed Rice from SMU is the wide receiver that would be the second option after Kelsey. Uh, after Kelsey, and uh, then you get Sky Moore, who's really been invisible. I don't. It's a disappointment as a first rounder. Yeah, because they've been using. They've been using um, Scatling. You get Hardeman in the mix. I mean, they just they got, don't. They got the wide receiver. Scantling Jones, yeah. From uh, Green Bay two years ago. But San Francisco, I mean, if you if you watch too closely, if you watch McCaffrey, then you got to watch out for Debo. If you get Debo and McCaffrey covered, then you get Kittles. And if you don't have Kittles, you get Ayuk. I mean, they have so many solutions. They just have, I think, well, I think Philadelphia on paper, I would have said, had the best roster, but they just had a complete collapse. I'll leave them out of this. San Francisco, I think, demonstrated they have the best roster in the in the country. Yeah, by far, you you got to give you got to give the edge to San Fran's uh, offense. Ken. And unlike Kansas City, San Francisco did pull the trigger for um, the trade deadline last year, getting McCaffrey, and then this year. Uh, getting chase on the defensive line. I mean, they've really done well with that trade deadline. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's been working out well for them. I mean, you know, they're giving up some key draft choices in the future, but they can win now. They know it, and I don't blame them. That's when you got to go for it. Yeah, because if you look at their defensive side or ball, you got Boza on one side, you got Chase Young on the other. Handful. Then you got um, who's the linebacker in the middle there? Is it Warner? They get they have I think two. 
Pro Bowl linebackers this year. Warner, Warner and, and Greenlaw. They just got a lot of. And then the secondary isn't weak. Yeah. Um, they haven't had the best playoffs to so far, but uh, I think if I think if they can effectively slow Kelsey down, they win this game. I mean, he, he can't have 13 catches and 140 yards. You can't you can't play zone against them either. Now, against Kelsey. And one thing about him is he always looks like he's wide open. And it can't be that somebody forgot their assignment. There's no way. No. There's no way they're forgetting him. He must run great routes. He must get you to lean one way. And he must be faster than he looks. But whatever it is, he's always wide open. And that's that's that means he's running great routes. He understands how to run routes and lose people. Um, so he's he's definitely a handful. But you you got to have a, a double assignment on him. You have to stop the run on Pacheco. That's where it all falls into place. I think you, what you have to do, if you're Sam Fran, is you can't let a... Um, you know, a big first down happen. You got to keep them second and long, so they become a bit more predictable. And and you got to watch out for uh, Mahomes running the ball too, Ken. Of course, because you know he's going to run Qu- quietly. One of the better runners in the last couple of years. Now, he's, like I said, he's twenty eight. He picks his spots more than he, he did when he was younger, but he always seems to pick the right spots. He's always getting that first down. He's always, you know, moving those chains. He, he's he's Smart, smart player. He's everything Kansas City hoped he was, and um, it doesn't always work out like that. Patriots are going to have a big decision coming up in April. Um, a lot of people think they're going to take whichever quarterback of those top three is available, whether it's Drake May or Caleb Williams or Jalen Daniels. I think that's a mistake. I think if if you hear if you hear the like sports reporters in Boston can. They're thinking. They're thinking. Don't draft a quarterback in the draft this year, and go out and find like a veteran. Oh, yeah, I, I, wouldn't get- be opp- I wouldn't. I wouldn't be opposed to getting a quarterback, but uh, the one I would grab, if out of the three, the only one I'd feel comfortable with with that opportunity would be Caleb Williams. If he's not available, I wouldn't consider Drake May. I think he's had, he's had a terrible year, and it, it's. It, I think he's had a great setback. I don't. I wouldn't trust his future based on what I saw this year. Uh, Jalen Daniels had Heisman Trophy winner, but this is—is is this Mac Jones again throwing to uh, Devonta Smith and Waddles? But this time it's Brian Thomas Jr. and um, Malik Neighbors, two first-round. They believe they're both going to be first-round wide receivers. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, he's obviously he can run. He's he had eleven hundred yards for LSU. He's also six four two ten. And that's not a frame that can take a lot of NFL kind of yeah. pounding linebackers, so I think that's risky. But if you look, but if you look at it, you have you have a new head coach, you got a new offensive coordinator, you got a defensive coordinator that's already been in this system. This is this is like the um, this is like uh, the the legal seafood test kitchen. It's and a they, big experiment. And they already said, <laughs> and they already said, Vin, um, Alex Van Pelt's going to have. Is going to have a role. What do you know about him? He's underrated. Because I don't know why. I don't know why Cleveland got rid of him. Who rated him? They made they made the playoffs this year. Yeah, through defense. No, they well, ma- they made the playoffs. You know what? I, I'll take that back. They they consistently had good play out of the quarterbacks for the most part, no matter who was in. Yeah, they made. But if you look at Cleveland this year, Ken, mm-hmm. he went through what four or five quarterbacks. Yeah. For Cleveland this yeah, year, they all perform well, and 
And then a lot of people in the like in that building in Cleveland were mad that he got fired. Yeah. Well, they're also saying in New England that he's going to have um, a, si- a sizable influence on who the quarterback is going to be. If if I'm if I'm an offensive coordinator and he's and he's on he's he's gonna have a heavy hand on who the quarterback is. Do you see do you see Mac Jones staying here? Nope. They've already not off opted not taking his fifth year option. They've already said that. So he's he's a free agent at the end of next year. I don't I don't believe for a minute the plans are to keep Mac Jones in, in that position. Or or do you Call Chicago and see what you can get. No. I don't want Justin Fields here either, Ken. Look at his record. But you're look- He doesn't play consistently. I don't want him. But you're looking he he's only if you trade for Justin Fields, he's only he's only worth a third round pick, Ken. Right now. That's not a lot. Yeah, that's not a lot for a third round third round overall. Then then in the first round you can you can grab a wide receiver. Second round, you can grab an offensive lineman because you're gonna need <laughs> you're gonna need the boost of this offensive line. I, I would, if I was the Patriots, I would take the third pick. I'd slide down between six and eight or nine, and I would get an additional second and third round pick with that swap. So you have you you now have like let's say the eighth pick, two in the second, two in the third. That puts you in a much better position. Yeah, who who you taking at eight though, Ken? Uh, Joe Alt or Oli Fashano, offensive tackles from uh, Notre Dame or Penn State. They're, they'll be serviceable, quality tight, uh, tackles for 10 years. And in the second round, now that you get two picks, you might be able to go back up and, and grab somebody if you want somebody in the first round. Uh, you might be able to offer both second rounds and next year's second round nice. and swap with somebody and get somebody like Bo Nix or um, you know Drake May if he's available. If, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't... Um, I wouldn't take that third pick and, and go with an unknown commodity in Jalen Daniels or Drake May. Caleb Williams, I think, is going to be solid. I think he's going to be Mahomes-ish. Maybe not as good, maybe as good. Because who, who's, who's number one and number two? Chicago's number one, right? Yeah. And then who's number two? Washington, right? And then Arizona is after us. Arizona's four. Yeah, Washington. So Washington's taking a quarterback. Yep. So it is likely... Um, Chicago could be sitting very pretty because you you could be looking at um, Chicago trading uh, fields for a first rounder to the Raiders. The Raiders are very interested in him. All right, and now they get the first, eighth, and ninth pick. But but if you look at it, that guy the guy that took over for Garoppolo mm-hmm. didn't play that bad. Not franchise. Aiden so. Connell, whatever his name is. I don't think they think they can go very far with him. I mean, he was serviceable, like. I wouldn't bank on them. I mean, if they, if they have a potential to bring on a game changer, they could go with Penix in the first round. Um, oh, the Raiders? Yep. They could go with Penix. They could go with J.J. McCarthy. Um, Bo, Bo Nix. I think Bo Nix is very appealing to one coach in particular, and I'm worried about him being stolen uh, before we can get our hands on him. And that would be Sean Payton, because he reminds me of a slightly bigger Drew Brees. He plays the same kind of ball. He's real good when all hell breaks loose, uh, he, he runs with bad intentions. He runs hard. Um, again, 45 touchdowns, three interceptions, threw for 77.4% uh, completions. Um, you know, exceptional. 
um, the way he's progressed because he didn't start out like this, certainly when he was at Auburn. Um, I think the press was a little hard on him. But Ken, but, but if you look at Bo Nix, he's a little older. He's about, what, 28, 29? Who? Bo Nix. What are you talking about? He's, he's the he, same age as, uh, as Jalen Daniels. They're both 23. Bo Nix will be 24 before the April draft. Uh, Daniels will be 24 by uh, in December. Yeah, but if you look at it, he's... Joe he's, Burrows was older than Bo Nix when he was drafted. He's had he's had five years in college, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah. But what has he done with it? He's progressed. He's shown, yeah. he's shown progression, which is all you can ask. Hi, Carly, you're on the air. Well, hello, gentlemen. Hi. Hello. Ken, I just got in. I was out, so I haven't, you know, wasn't able to hear... Um, the show today, unfortunately, is babysitting and couldn't have the radio on. Didn't want to babysitting's important. Yeah, yeah. Well, until her mom got there, she gets stuck sometimes. So um, I had to be very quiet. So um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad I'm hearing you talk about um, the sports. You jinxed me last week. I told you I wanted the Detroit Lions so bad, and um, I did too. Yeah, but no, because then after that, you turned around and said you wanted Kansas. And you said, I don't think they'll do it. No, no, I didn't think Detroit was going to get by San Fran. And I didn't think uh, Baltimore was going to get past Kansas City. I wanted the opposite to happen, though. You know, I wanted Lamar Jackson to get a ring because I don't think he's going to get another one if he didn't do it this year. And I I was hoping. um, Plus, I'd like to see somebody slow down. Mahomes and stop him from yeah. threatening Tom Brady's yeah. records. You know, well, you know I'm not going for him. I'm not going for him in the Super Bowl. I can't do it. Mahomes? Yep, don't want him. I'm not going to do it. Now, and people, I, people are rooting against good. Kansas City just because of Taylor Swift. I, I, I don't have anything against her. I don't. I mean, I, I could use with a few less pictures and, and photos. It doesn't yeah. bother me like it does some people. I don't. Well, you know, here's the thing. She's got a concert in Tokyo anyway. Mm-hmm. So she's going to try to make it for halftime. But if she's there, if she's there and they lose, they're going to blame it on her. If she's not there and they lose, they're going to blame it on her. She's so going to be there. She, she has, she has yeah. a private jet. There's no way she's not going to make that game. Yeah, well, she said she's going to try to make it for um, the halftime. She, she should just make it by the skin of her teeth um, with the time frame and all in uh, Tokyo. So, yeah, so it will be interesting. I believe Detroit will go back next year. So, so let me ask you. So, where is um, Belichick going after all? He is not employed at this time. So, all positions in the NFL have been filled. Although there has been a development in Dallas that may or may not be relevant, um, he's probably going to sit this one out. Wow. Well, I know he's only got a little bit of way to go to get that. Um, oh, what does he Don need Don Shula's all time winning? Yeah, but he may not get it. Yeah. He, you know, I wouldn't have called it. I, I really thought. Uh, teams would be eager to get him. Uh, it may be a control uh, insistence on, on his part, where it's just not they're just not willing to do it. Whatever it is, uh, yeah. he's not going to be employed. It looks like in twenty four, and he may he may retire. Well, I hope he doesn't. I mean, really, because I, I would love to see what he could do with a different team. Anyways, I'm interested in that. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I just want to see what with his yeah dynamics with something new. I think teams are going to regret not not taking him to have a shot. Um, I, I mean, I am not in that camp where it was all Tom Brady. I think that's an absurd thing to believe. Right. Oh, I do too. Absolutely. That's, yeah. That's him no there as far as I'm concerned too. But, oh, wait, I'll let you go so other callers can call in. I will talk to you next weekend. Thank you for the call. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. A few minutes left here. Um, then we hand it over to... Money matters in Jose Matos. Yeah, I'm, 
Like, like you hit on you hit on something, Ken. I'm surprised Belichick um, didn't get a head coaching job. Because if you look at it, Belichick Belichick didn't get hired, and Mike Vabel didn't. I mean, he's kind of a stubborn guy. You know, if if he Belichick, wants, Belichick's a stubborn guy. Yeah, because and I think he's earned it. I think he's got a, every right to say this is what I need. And um, I know I, if I don't get it, I don't know if I, I know, can stay here. With with all the sports analysis guys that are around the. NFL, they they were saying the reason why he didn't get the Atlanta job was he wanted the head coaching job and the GM job. Right, control. He wanted con- full control yep. of player personnel. Yep, and I think um, teams are reluctant to do that given his track record in the last few years. Uh, and, and basically, if you're a team that needs a wide receiver and you don't, need a don't, head coach, I don't know why you'd go with Belichick. He's that has been his kryptonite, drafting wide receivers. Hi, Carly. You're on the air. Thanks for checking in. Yes. Isn't it sad that, you know, arguably the greatest coach in the history of the NFL can't get a job? Yeah, I, I think he's his own worst enemy when it comes to that, though, in terms of, of what he's asking for. Well, it, well, does it mean that, though, um, football has changed? Like uh, the new coach of the um, Patriots. What's his name now again? Uh, Gerard Mayo. Yeah, Gerard Mayo. Um, he mentioned something about uh, now, today, when you speak to a player, you not only have to tell him what to do, but you also have to explain to him why he should do it. Now, I'm a little older than you, Ken, and I only played when I was a kid, but uh, I usually if a coach told you to do something, you just did it. Uh, was it that way in your time, too? I know at Brockton, you'd watch Coach Colombo grab somebody by the face mask and just yell, with reckless abandon, and then lead that mask onto the field and that kid whatever his assignment was he was going to do it but i don't yeah. think he explained why he needed to do it <laughs> well I, again i i think the you know you were talking about families changing and and things like that and lack of respect and stuff like that uh maybe that's a little dribble down into the uh, pro sports area too you know i watched the game the other day too uh basketball with stefan curry and uh, lebron and it was a double overtime i don't know if you saw it i, I didn't Okay, it was a, it was a tremendous game in regards to those two players. They took over the show at the end, and uh, you know, uh, just dominated the whole thing. I remember the old days when the old Patriots were around. I mean, I'm sorry, Celtics were around with uh, Bill Russell, and it was more of a team effort, not an individual natural ability effort. To me, basketball today looks more like park ball. Okay. Yep. And uh, it's it's great. Don't get me wrong. And the two, the two players I, that I just mentioned, Curry and LeBron, are fantastic. But it's not that team effort that you know to me they used to be. And I think Belichick is an example of that team effort, which is just do your job and you know basically that's all he's asking you to do. Not know the whole you know scheme of everything. Uh, yeah, it's so a system I, success. You know, as long as everybody did their job. Whereas you, you're yeah. talking about. In today's NBA, it, it's superstars who do it all, and and yeah. well, uh, again, and and in and, and football too, it's more of a game that you have to have everybody do their job. I understand there's, there's so many areas that have to be coached and stuff. I can understand that, but I think it's just a sign of the times. Uh, a generation gap, maybe, maybe the younger players don't respond to that as well, and I guess you know Mayo's success or failure will 
will give an example of that that if he you know explains things to each player and cares about them individually and all that sort of things yeah, I can say it's uh, almost unfair what he's you know because of who he's replacing and you know oh, yeah, this is a I, he better win now yeah I wouldn't want to replace him that's for sure I really thought though Dallas would take a shot I know Jerry Jones can be <laughs> difficult too but I thought they would, you know, give him a, a three-year sh- shot to see yeah. what you can do. And there's a report that Belichick turned down the Dallas the Dallas offer. Oh, is that right? I didn't I didn't understand. Well, maybe he didn't get full control, like you said. I can see where Jerry Jones might say, "Well, yeah, I want this though, or something like that." I don't know if it was CBS. It was a, it was a credible news source, but it was only one, so I never I never heard anything else. Mm-hmm. Well, again, it, it, it's, to me, it's not about the game anymore in all the sports. It's about individual players and. Uh, I think one of the the greatest uh, uh, feelings when you play sports is to have be on a good team and and win something together and uh, even you know uh, guys will I've heard guys say uh, individual things are nice but winning a World Series is is you know it's in the, the team reaction and in, in football too the same way. Uh, well, you're right, and, and and like just one microcosm, look at the play by Zay Flowers trying to dive into the end zone instead of protecting the ball for Baltimore, what that yeah. cost the team. Shane, yeah. Shane Vereen, James White, you know, guys who play with more humble team, sort of team-minded uh, success, they protect the ball, they don't lose it. And, and Well, I can go way back to the old days in football, too. I used to like to watch John Unitas because there's a story with, I think he threw a ball to, I think the name is John Mackey, and the guy missed a, an, an easy ball to win the game or something like that. And the crowd booed like heck, and they came back to the to the huddle. And the story goes, Unitas looked up at it and said, "Mackie, same play, silence the crowd." And they ran the same play, and they silenced the crowd. And usually, John Unitas, when he uh, made a good play, he would just walk off the field and un, un, un uh, strap his chin strap and walk off with his head. Yeah, down. I didn't know that. I was, of course, too young to appreciate John Unitas. I uh, would have liked to have seen him play. From what I understand, he's among the best. Well, it was the old-time attitude, though. In other words, I'm just out here, I'm just out here doing my job, and I'm supposed to do that. That's Blue collar, yeah. And, and not the big aggrandizement if I score a touchdown or do something. So it's I a gotta, dance and everything, you know? i got to run for a break. Thanks for the call. my friend. Take care. You Bye-bye. too. Bye-bye. We'll be right back with your calls. All right, we're back, and we're going right to your phones. You've been waiting patiently, so let's get to it and start here. Hi, Carly, you're next. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? Oh, bad. Um, I was wondering what time Jessica Machado is going to be on. Jessica, she's not been on in a few months here. Are you serious? Yeah. Ah. 508-996-0500, you are next. Hello there. Hi, how are you? Good. I got a scoop for you. Yep. Okay. Doug Flutie is going to be offensive coordinator of the Boston College Eagles, and Bill Belichick's going to be the head coach. I'm going to – I would put considerable money against that. <laughs> well, it's either that or Bill Belichick goes to Kansas City when Andy Reid uh, retires. He might retire, they think, in a few months. Really? Wow, I, I would think Belichick. I'm going to predict Belichick's going to do a lot of uh, striper uh, fishing off of Nantucket this summer and weigh his options. I think that's a, yeah, I'll uh, use a glass bottom boat. 
<laughs> he loves that, you know. He, he loves uh, it out there. Hey, whatever he wants. I, I think I think that if he uh, did a couple of years in uh, BC, he would be a recruiting magnet. And Doug Flutie is offensive coordinator. I think I think they'd put BC on the map, and we'd have a dynasty in college football, similar to what the Patriots put together. And the academic standards at BC is very very he, tough to deal with in the ACC. Yeah, but you know something, things are changing. Yeah, but I think the academic uh, achievers tend to want to stay in the South in that conference. So, like you know, schools like North Carolina and Duke, which which are very good schools, I think they get the majority of those student athletes. BC is you know like Stanford. I don't know how Stanford does it, but they do. Okay, here's my last pitch. A lot of kids want to go to the pros, and with the uh, Belichick Flutie connection, they got an inside track that if they don't may actually become players, they could be something in an NFL organization. Well, don't get me wrong. I, I would love to see it because I love Boston College, but I just don't. Yeah, my friend Glenn, Glenn Regan, blocked for uh, Flutie for four years. Yeah, Brockton High uh, Center. His dad was a, the principal, Glenn, and his brother, Rich. I know them. I know Richie. I don't know Glenn, but I know of him. I know Glenn's sister, Sherry. She's my neighbor. No kidding. Yeah, it's great Brockton yeah. family. Oh, yeah, tremendous people. And uh, the old man, he was a Boston College. Uh, uh, his father was a Boston College. He played both ways. You remember when football players played both ways? Yep. Offensive, defensive, he was one of them. And the son of a gun, his son's twice his size. And Glenn, uh, Glenn worked for BFI, Browning Ferris Industries. And uh, I really like Glenn. Hey, Ripper Reagan He's played like both sides. I didn't know that. Yeah, the father did. Not yeah, he, he stayed in great shape, you know, even in, in his... Uh, I guess he would have been in his upper fifties when I when I was in school, but he was in, he was always in great shape. And he also, I think Glenn still lives in Rainier, Massachusetts. If I'm not mistaken, I have to ask Jerry. All right. Uh, anyway, I just want to put that in there because college football would be on the map in New England for a long, long time. Well, you know how dominant he goes. When you got something like BC kicking it like that, that creates uh, some juices flowing in other universes. Place uh, place that call to the AD in, at Boston yeah. College on Chestnut Hill. Talk to him about it. I really enjoyed your talk to you and our buddy there. Thank you. Some interesting things. And I agree with you. I think if Baltimore Ravens win it, this is, that's it, Jazz. This is Jackson's one and only shot for his whole career. Yeah. He'll end up like them no rings. I agree. Thanks, thanks for the call. I just think Jackson, I mean, he can't run like this. In five years, he won't be running like he's running right now. And, and his window is not like, you know, uh, um, well, who? Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Dan Marino, Warren Moon, Joe Mutt. You know, guys who, they're, they're available year after year after year because they don't go out there and, and get hit blindsided and take all these chances. Yeah, because, like, the caller was saying, Boston College head, head coaching job is open right now, Ken. Well, their head coach is now the, now the defensive coordinator for Green Bay. I, I'm not... Saying it's crazy, I, I, I'm just saying I can't imagine Belichick taking that position. Yeah, taking a step down. Uh, well, a, it, might, it may not be considered a step down the way those coaches think, but it's it's definitely not a school that I would think he would go to if he were to decide to go to college. That's it for us. Thanks, Ryan. Yep. Have a great weekend, folks.
WBSM and W258DR New Bedford. New Bedford's news talk station, 1420 AM and 99.5 FM. WBSM, a town square media station.